everybody. Welcome to this month's podcast. The, uh, the this is Daryl Missy, the director of the division. Uh, the uh, the topic uh, today is a legislative update, uh, which the legislature left in May uh, and uh, left us with things to talk about. Fortunately, not as many things as there have in the past. They were arguing over other stuff. I can't imagine that, but they were. They were talking about maps and budgets and different things. And But we do have a few things that are that are really significant. Uh, I, I will note it's not in our script and it's not, but I, there is a Supreme Court rule also that uh, begins in July that's pretty significant. So we'll talk about what we have here. Uh, but uh, I would like for our guest to introduce himself and we will, uh, and of course we've got uh, Terry, Joni, and Sarah are here as well uh, and will be chiming in. So uh, why don't you introduce yourself to us and and, uh, and we'll go from there. This year we had several bills that we looked at as they came in and, and uh, wanted to keep people up to date on what was what was being proposed, what maybe uh, went back and forth through different committees, and then in the end, uh, being able to inform everybody about the laws that were truly agreed and finally passed that may impact the work of the division this year and moving forward. And you did a lot of work this legislative session. We um, were very appreciative of all of the reviewing and providing fiscal notes and analyzing impact to CD. So there were a handful of bills that were passed. Can you share with our teams um, that information and the analysis of how it might impact the Children's Division? Sure. I'd like to start with Senate Bill 775, and that bill had a focus in, in two, two ways that would impact the division, the first of which dealt with child trafficking, and the second of which uh, deals with the offense of prostitution, as it would involve minors. So let's talk about child trafficking. Uh, this act provides that when a child is located by law enforcement official or someone that's uh, in, in the law enforcement capacity and there's a reasonable cause to suspect that a child may be a victim of sex trafficking, that law enforcement official shall immediately cause a hotline report to be made to the Children's Division. In addition, if the division determines that the, the report merits child abuse neglect investigation, the reporting official and the responding Children's Division frontline team members shall together ensure the, the immediate safety of the child. If the law enforcement official then has a reasonable cause to, to believe that the child is in imminent danger, that individual can take temporary protective custody of the child. This act also establishes a statewide council on sex trafficking and sexual exploitation of children. And the council, in, in, in their work, they're going to be um, guided to direct and collect data related to sex trafficking of children and develop best practices regarding the response to sex trafficking of children. The council will then ultimately submit a report to the governor and the general assembly on or before the council expires on December 31st of 2023. And then in one last piece related to child trafficking, this act, uh, as that family court shall have exclusive original jurisdiction in proceedings involving a child who has been a victim of sex trafficking or sexual exploitation. Now let's talk about the offense of prostitution. This is going to impact Section 567.020 of, of Missouri's revised statutes. The Act provides that a person shall not be certified as an adult or adjudicated for the offense of prostitution if the person was under the age of 18 when the alleged offense occurred. In that regard, that person shall be considered a victim of child abuse and reported immediately to the Children's Division by way of the hotline and to the juvenile officer for appropriate services. 
Well, and as an old as an old juvenile judge, uh, you know, having seen things like this, this is a this is a considerable shift in thinking because it's saying that 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 child is though committing a crime is 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 not a perpetrator is a victim. You know, that this this person has been uh, victimized and not only are you not going to certify them to stand trial as an adult and I have trouble understanding why a judge would do that, but I've seen stranger things. Uh, they've, it also says they're, they're not going to be held uh, liable as a delinquent at all. That, that child, if that child comes into our system, that child's a dependent child. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, of course, that's going to impact what we do. So, so Scott, what, is, what does this all mean for our staff? I mean, what, what can we expect as we go forward uh, with the issues that you talked about in uh, Senate Bill 775? Well, I think with regard to 775, uh, one of the biggest part of parts of that change in law is that law enforcement are not just going to be required as mandated reporters of child abuse when it comes to child trafficking or, or alleged child trafficking, but they're also going to be required at this point to collaborate and work with the Children's Division to ensure the safety of children in these sorts of child trafficking cases. Uh, I think another big portion of, of a change is that statewide council that's going to be there to collect information. That council is going to be made up from members of the General Assembly and from um, some statewide nonprofit organizations and others, along with the Children's Division and, and other representatives of, of state government. But it's a short-lived council, but they have a, a really important purpose in collecting and analyzing the data and then coming up with um new best practices for the response to child trafficking and getting that information out uh, in, in a, an official report that's going to go to the governor and the General Assembly, in addition to what you mentioned about the offense of prostitution. So, Scott, there could be some additional changes that would be coming from this council then with regard to how we practice, what we are looking for, how we educate um, our team members about trafficking. Is that right? I think that's, that's correct, yes. Okay. Anybody have any other thoughts about Senate Bill 775? Okay. Uh, Scott, what do you have? What do you have next for us? Well, we followed Senate Bill 681, and it was truly agreed and finally passed. And it has to do with corporal punishment inside school settings. So the the law requires school districts to notify and receive written permission from parents before using any form of corporal punishment on their children. The new law no longer prohibits the Children's Division from having jurisdiction over or from investigating specific types of concerns in school settings. So as a result of this change, the Out-of-Home Investigation Unit will now receive and investigate reports of alleged child abuse arising out of or related to the reported use of reasonable force to protect persons or property uh, when administered by a personnel of a school district or any spanking administered by school personnel. So Sarah, that also involves allegations of abuse. So, Sarah, will this mean significant changes then to the OHI response? Well, you know, I was thinking as people are um, listening to the pod, you might hear pockets of cheering throughout the state, <laughs> um, and our reviews, of course, will continue to go up um, from our listening groups. But um, OHI is really excited for this opportunity, and uh, the division and the department were um, very um, in support of this language and this change to be able to streamline how we're doing investigations through OHI and um, have the expertise of people that are trained in child abuse um, investigations from Children's Division take on these types of reports. So we're still working on the final 
uh, changes for policy that'll go out um, before the April 28th deadline and um, have those reflected in the legislative memo. But uh, there will be a few changes, but all good, all things that uh, the team are in support of and just really streamlining and um, making sure that no matter which school kids are going to, that the type of investigation that's done on the allegations that come in are very standard and um, impactful. I think that's a good point, too, that you made. Um, the bills that we're talking about today, none of them had any type of emergency clauses involved, and so unless vetoed, all of these would go into effect after August 28th, right? Okay, Scott, um, do you have additional bills? Yeah, I have one more bill to, to talk about today, and it, it has to do with Senate Bill 683. Um, this legislation touched a couple of different areas. Uh, one one of which uh, we'll cover around diligent searches in more detail, but I wanted to first uh, make people aware that this legislation modified current law relating to child care subsidies, subsidies and child care facility licensing by transferring the supervision and implementation authority from Department of Social Services and the Department of Health and Senior Services over to the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. Now, this is pursuant to the governor's executive order that creates the Office of Childhood within the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. The, that um, transfers some of the authority and some of the, the work that used to be done by the Children's Division, Office of Early Childhood, over to DESE. Uh, secondly, and, and probably more important for the field, will be diligent searches. Now, this was something that was talked about throughout the legislative session, but where they landed on it under the current law, the Children's Division shall conduct a diligent search for the biological parent or parents of a child in the custody of the Children's Division. If the location or identity of such a parent or parent is unknown, uh, in 210.127.2, it defines a diligent search as an exhaustive effort to identify and locate a biological parent whose identity or location is unknown, initiated as soon as the Children's Division is made aware of the existence of such a parent, with the search progress reported at each court hearing until the parent is either identified and located or the court excuses further search. Now, this act requires uh, such a uh, search to be active and thorough in addition to timely. And if the child is removed from a home and placed in the custody of the Children's Division, the search, uh, by, by the way it's written, it shall be conducted immediately following the removal of a child. Additionally, current law requires the Children's Division to immediately begin diligent efforts to locate and place a child with a suitable grandparent when an initial emergency placement of a child is deemed necessary. Well, this act then expands the search to also include other relatives in addition to grandparents. And a diligent search for relatives must occur within 30 days from the time of emergency placement or the time that emergency placement is deemed necessary for the child. And the Children's Division shall continue to search for suitable relatives for the child's placement until a suitable relative is identified and located or the court excuses further search. And finally, whenever a court determines that a foster placement with the child's relative is appropriate, the Children's Division shall complete a diligent search to locate and notify the child's grandparents, adult siblings, parents of siblings, and other relatives of the child's possible placement. Scott, a lot of these um, diligent searches we're doing now, is that right? I mean, we're, um, it's required now that we look for parents, that we look for grandparents, that we search for relatives. 
Um, can you provide just a little more detail around um, the thoughts around what this needs to look like now? Well, I've been working with, with members of our policy team and with others to try to, to fully understand and, and account for how this might impact um, the work of the division. Uh, the way it, it looks now is that a lot of this in, will need to be initiated at the point of protective custody. Uh, and, and it will need to, to be something that is exhaustive and ongoing from that point forward until we can find some fit and suitable relatives if there are fit and suitable relatives to be found. Uh, in, it, it's going to focus a lot more on making sure that um, that we get as much information as we possibly can as early as we can in order to, to find a relative placement or, or permanency for a child in that regard. You know, I, I always talk to them about grandparents, find the grandparents. It's always been children uh, do best when they're with the people that they know and love, and that's often their families. And, and this has been the law, and I've, I've been amused during the whole session. Uh, Terry here has referred to this as the we, we really mean it bill. <laughs> uh, you know, we want you to place with relatives, and we really, really mean it. No, really. We really mean it. And so... Look, look for them. Look for them hard. And, I, and, it's, and it's not only the law. I think it's best practice because, you know, I, I went to Casey convening and they, they talked about, you know, how many, how many of our kids that are coming into care should be with relatives. And they really said the marker should be 75%. Well, you know, we're doing, we're doing pretty well, in my view, at 50, but it varies from circuit to circuit. Uh, so my hope is is that we'll we'll all catch on uh, that we'll know that the legislature really really means it, uh, and we'll and we'll follow that law. I think it's a good and, and promising thing. So keep searching. You know, one other thing that's new it's it's not a statute, but it's a new rule. People will hear me talking about it all over the place, but it's Rule One Twenty Four Point One One. Uh, it's talking about uh, 211.093, which says that, that judges can enter custody orders from juvenile cases and close these things out. Uh, there was all kinds of debate and discussion about whether or not judges could do that because judges thought that uh, somebody would have to file a, a divorce petition or some other petition in front of them in order to be able to do that. That's what they all thought. And uh, the new rule says that's not true. Uh, rule 124. Point one one says the court can enter an order, a custody order, on its own motion. So a court can enter an order based on what they know in your juvenile file. So uh, I, I'm going to be talking about that in places. But that that the reason I talk about it now is because it's new. It's effective. It's effect. It was effective July one. So uh, it, that will be talked about at the judicial college. It's going to continue to be talked about. But it's another way for us, I think, to help wrap up things for for kids. And I think that's really important because we see a lot of our cases where they're just waiting on a custody modification if we have a non-offending parent. And um, I know in some circuits, that, that's a whole caseload of kids at least, if not more. So that should be hopefully really impactful um, to our teams and permanency for those kiddos. But um, as we've talked and as Daryl started out, it really was like an easier legislative session, even though as we go through all this, it, it's convoluted and complicated and it may not seem like it. But I think our best hope was as uh, policies updated, memos are released, at least now the, the proposed, not proposals, the legislation is familiar to you. But if there are additional questions or thoughts that come to mind after this, you can always feel free to bring them up um, on the work group calls or shoot an email to our policy and program folks, and we'll be happy to work through it with you. Okay. 
All right. Does anybody have anything else they want to discuss about legislation? Uh, well, you know, don't get don't get too comfortable because it's just around the corner. The legislature will be back in January to 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 uh, come up with new things for us, and uh, and uh, I'm hopeful that we can partner with them with some great ideas about where we're going to go forward. So thank you all again uh, for for listening to our podcast, and uh, we'll see you again next time. <laughs>